Hey, welcome to Let's Stop There. We have one hour to read The Electric Boner by Nathaniel Lewis. You know, I usually try and shoehorn the title of the book into some sort of play on words or inside joke, but I think I'm just going to let this one speak for itself. It's called The Electric Boner. What else do you need from me? Stop there. I'm Austin Hanna. Hi, I'm Ganesh Sarma. Hello. I'm Shane Burklow. And this week we're reading a book called The Electric Boner by Nathaniel Lewis. It took us a while to come up with a book this week. We just sat here for like 40 minutes going through books and The Electric Boner stood out for some reason. Could be the title. Could be the cover. Do you guys peep that cover? Uh, I don't, re- I don't recall. It's Can a, you describe it? It's, it's, uh, almost indescribable. It's a bl- uh, blue background, uh, with a clock tower being struck by lightning above it are kind of like the yellow eyes from the cover of the great Gatsby, which is strange. And then in a bright green font, it says the electric boner. And then there's fire at the bottom. I don't really understand what's going on, but it intrigued me. And now we're here reading it. The electric boner. Huh? All right. Enthusiastic start. We're all ready for it. But before we read, what's up with my guys? Huh? What's new? I just saw you guys a couple days ago in real life. He did. Went to a basketball game. Saw our, our beloved Brooklyn Nets get humbled. Walloped. It's more like it. Yeah, it's what they do best. Disgusting. Disgusting sight to see. Let's forget about that. I did have some horrible boneless chicken wings at the game. And a hot dog. And a hot dog. We walked in there, and the first thing Austin says to me is, "I want a big lemonade." I didn't even get it, and he didn't. <laughs> and he didn't, didn't get, it. get it. I saw somebody walking wow. through the stands with a lemonade in their hands, and I was like, "Damn, she got the lemonade." I didn't know where it was. What did she end up drinking? Just like a, uh, oh, a Snapple. Snapple That's what it was. Yeah, I wasn't paying twenty bucks for the souvenir Pepsi, buddy. I got the Snapple for a cool eight dollars. <laughs> anyway, that was fun. Good to see you all in person for the first time in feels like a while. Yeah, like a month. Time flies. I can't tell what's going on. Yeah, I guess we saw each other not that recently. What, you know, whatever. What else is new? What have you guys been up to since then? Oh, in the two days since then? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Went to bed twice. Oh, um, my God. I've been to bed like six times since then. You've left bed twice. I've, <laughs> I've yeah, it's really <laughs> more notable when I'm not in bed. I've laid down for a few naps since we last saw each other. How's your apartment going? You all set up? You got some art up? You got art up on the walls? No, not yet. I got to get it framed. I got to find a framing place. Oh, there's a place near me called Prince Charming. Man, if we could figure out. R-I-N-T-S Charming. Can you believe it? I've got a story, actually. I burned myself. Do you want to see it? Yeah. What? Why didn't you start off with that? I want to see it. What'd you do? Oh, my God. That's tiny. What happened? What'd you do to yourself? You can't see it, but there's a lot. 
Wait, Damn, you- looks like you caught yourself in the edge of the oven. Oh, that's what happened, I bet. You cooking up something hot? Nope. Well, it was hot. I was cooking a burger and the oil splashed all over my arm, so I have a splash burn. Did you scream? No, I just went, shoot. <laughs> wow. As your skin was bubbling? It didn't really bubble. I put it underwater pretty quick, but it looks like a, I got attacked by like an animal. I'll tell you what, you know, speak, that just reminded me of something almost barely interesting that's happening in my life. I think I told you I've been, I've been setting off this, this, my new place has these hair trigger smoke detectors and every time I cook, they go off. Like even when just the ovens on, it goes off. So I've been trying like the other day we were pan like the, and they're all connected. I live in this like new modern building where all the fire smoke detectors are connected in every room. So when one goes off, they all go off. So when like they get smoky, like my whole damn apartment isn't like a full meltdown. Anyway, I bought shower caps and I put them over the smoke detectors. So now I have embarrassing shower caps covering all my smoke detectors so I can make big smoky meals. Well, that's better than what I do and just take them out. I, that's what I was going to do too, but I can't. They're all wired to the damn walls. Yeah, this is a serious. He's got to pull real hard. That just feels like, I don't know. At least I can take the shower cap off and then it's like back to, if, I, if there's a real fire, I'll be alerted. But when I'm cooking, I don't know. It never happens to Naomi. She cooks and it never goes off. When I cook, it doesn't even matter. I could be making a sandwich and the smoke detector goes off. <laughs> Dude, that's really smart, though. I've never thought about just covering it up. Yeah, that's I Googled it. I was like, what are people doing out there? There's all these things about buy an air purifier, get a fan. And then somebody's just like, just cover it up with a shower cap. I was like, yeah, that'll work. Cost me four dollars. Shower caps are cheap. It does your body like radiate smoke when you get out of bed and do stuff yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm hot under the collar whenever i whenever i just walk in the door the smoke detectors go off because i'm steaming Ooh. uh yeah i don't know what's up with this it's i and it's like a big building so i feel like other people are hearing it they've gone off like six or seven times i've only lived here for a month they've gone off that many times well do you hear your neighbors going off ever no i must be the talk of the damn building or maybe nobody can hear it but then what's the point how would you okay you're a couple of weeks in out of 15 stars what do you give your apartment I give it a 13. Wow. What's uh what needs improving? What needs improving? That's more on me and uh, you know that's that's our problem to fix. You know we got to finish decorating. We got to like just the finishing touches on it. In terms of the building itself, honestly, so far so good. I can't complain. Are you part of the community yet? No. Not, I mean, they people see me in the elevator and say hello. That's about they it. Say, hey Austin, our favorite podcaster. Hey big guy, how's the show? They How don't know are the my guys? name. They don't know my name and they will hear about this podcast over my dead body. I will never tell a soul in real life about this podcast. They're like, hey, Austin, I heard Shane got a bad burn. Give him our uh, (laughs) condolences. They're all listeners. They listen as soon as they come out. No, nobody here knows as far as I know. And our recording, my recording situation is just tucked deep in the back corner, nowhere near the door. Nobody could hear this. It's almost like you're ashamed. Yeah, I am. Aren't you? Aren't you publicly ashamed to be? You would go around telling people you're a podcaster. Well, I mean, not my parents. But I tell you, your parents don't even know. You tell me about being ashamed. You know, we started hiding my uh, recording equipment in in the globe that holds liquor. <laughs> it's a, I mean, was it unsightly for guests to come over and see your setup? I didn't have like a spot for it. It was in like that same Sam Ash bag that Ganesh gave it to me in during the pandemic. So now it's uh, in the off times. It sits in a a globe. That is secretly a liquor cabinet. So damn, that's all you need in there. Your podcasting tools and your your liquor. That's well, we uh, move the liquor out to a better place. <laughs> Easy. Oh, wow. Easier to access. Wow. Replace the gear with the liquor. Well, that's nice. Yeah. And you know, good. Yeah, I'm not proud of this. 
<laughs> I mean, I am in some ways. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like ashamed of it overall in the grand sense. But in terms of like, I wouldn't go around introducing myself as a podcaster at all, ever. So you're not going to go around and tell people you just did an episode about electric boner? I'm required by law to go knock on the doors and tell them I'm a podcaster like I'm a damn child molester or something. They're like, <laughs> you remember, I'm afraid to let you know that a podcaster lives within 200 yards of your door. So <laughs> everyone goes, <"Ugh." laughs> I'll tell you what knocked a star off my ratings the other day. I got out of the elevator. And these two little kids run around in my hallway, which like is fine, whatever. I'm not like a Scrooge particularly like have fun. It wasn't like a crazy hour, <laughs> but then I turned the corner and there's a little drone right in my face. Oh, a little drone, a little drone almost hit me in the eyes, like a little teeny tiny drone. I've never even seen that before. These little kids are flying drones around the hallway. So what kind of adult are you around kids? Are you like, hey, cool drone fellas? Or are you like, get that. Uh, don't you ever do this get, around me. Again. Get that drone out of my face. You I'm going to poke my eye out. How, how dare you? Where's your mother and father? No, I'm like in the middle, which is just silent. Like, oh, I think I said, I think I made a noise of recognition being like, whoa, or something. <laughs> but like, I didn't say like cool drone. But then it's funny you say that because another guy was coming down the hallway at the same time I was going down the hallway and he was like good with these kids. He was like, whoa, what, what are you guys up to? He was like talking to them where I was just like silently shuffling back to my apartment. <laughs> Ready to be like, there's a drone in the hallway. I like came in and like yelled at it. I was like, somebody's flying a drone around the hallway. The podcaster shuffle back to his station. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I was, uh, well, you know, I was going down to get a package. So I wasn't even really dressed like well. I had like basketball shorts and a ratty t shirt on. And I was like, I got to get back home. I was like, I was, I was askew. When I saw that drone, it threw me off, man. I had to run back home. You think they were recording you? There's cameras all over this place. Somebody's got this video of me being. <laughs> accosted by two small children and when i say children i don't mean like they're 15 they're like six i don't know how they got their hands on a drone they should not be flying drones around the establishment but i played it cool and i did make some sort of noise what it is i couldn't tell you oh it was something oh. like that it was probably some. it was probably something like that because it was in my face like i turned the corner and it was in near my eye and i was like whoa <laughs> And then I just kept going. And the other guy came out and smiled at me and was like, ah, these kids. I was like, I don't. Please leave me alone. I have to go podcast. <laughs> they know you're in order now, though, down at that restaurant below you. That's nice. Yeah, that guy knows you got me the well. Usual. You can go in and ask for the the usual. I do. I've only been there. I think I established the usual in uh, less time than most people do. Because by the third time I was there, he was like, you're not going to get the quesadilla and tacos. And I was like, not this time. First time I went there, I ordered a quesadilla and tacos. And he was like, that's a lot of food. And I was like, I don't care. I, was like, I, think, I, said, I think I said, bring it on. I was like, yeah, I don't care. I was like, come on. And then he did. And it was so much. The quesadillas were huge. I had a lot of trouble finishing. Wait, so he went back and he got it again. He did the yeah. same thing. Okay, but yeah. I, so I, got I went with him and he ordered the same thing. Well, the first time he warned me. And then at the end of it, I was like, you were right, man. That's too much food. So I brought it home. And then, yeah, the next time I went with Ganesh and I ordered the same damn thing. And he didn't say anything. And then... Later, like at the end, I was like, I need a box because I couldn't finish it. And he was like, oh, yeah, I think I told you last time it was a lot of food. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I didn't listen. So then the third time I went, I just got the quesadilla. And then he was like, you're not getting the tacos this time. And I was oh like, God. no, not this time. He's a sweetheart. It's fine. He's a really nice guy. Man. I'd say he's my best friend after you guys. <laughs> That's how it works when you're. Mid thirties, like I'm thirty four. My best friend is the guy who chides me about my orders at the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> but it does sound like like a lot of food. Is it a big quesadilla? It's probably it's huge. Good. It's fucking huge. You think I can't finish a quesadilla and tacos? I can usually, but at this place, it's a tall order, my friend. How many tacos? Three. I get three. Fish tacos. 
Ooh, they're okay. big tacos too. Honestly, they're hefty tacos. Wow, sounds good. I want to come. Will you come treat on me? Over. Will you invite I'll me? Treat you. Yeah, I'll treat you to some tacos. All right. Me and Ganesh, me and Ganesh live. <laughs> the only thing separating me and Ganesh is a absurdly large grocery store parking lot. We can meet <laughs> there and then go to the go to the Mexican restaurant, and we can meet my my buddy. Yeah. No, we're all it's it's all good. I've been there three different times with like three different groups of people. And every time he's like, he knows that I fuck up my order. So yeah, honestly, that bumps it back up a star. Forget the kids with the drone. I like that guy. I wish that guy was out in my hallway flying drones around. I feel like I've been talking a lot. What's <laughs> happening here? Are we done with this part? You want to yeah, read the book? Sure. We have an hour or now we have like 40 minutes. To do <laughs> we it. have one hour from now to read the electric boner. <laughs> What are we doing, man? This is why I can't tell my neighbors this. Yeah, go check out my podcast. Uh, last episode's called The Electric Boner. It's exactly what you think. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, no subtext. Nothing Nothing nuanced about it. All right, well, let's get into it. Can you, you have the synopsis of The Electric Boner by Nathaniel Lewis handy? I do. It's very long, so I'll try to keep it brief here. Okay. On the long list of things that Nick Sherman never wants to do, getting an electric boner is near the very top. Hey, don't knock until you try it. He is enough trouble with the girls without all that, but one day while ditching class and getting high with his friend Hugh, he comes across a shed full of a mysterious and foul green substance on the outskirts of Claremont, Maine. Well, oh, shit. That leads exactly to Nick ending up with an electric boner i found some green slime i guess i better dip my boner in that this is like the same kind of opening as like the p book yeah what was that called rocket fuel p i just recalled we were trying to man of ruin man of ruin that's right i did have a <laughs> subtitle <laughs> well the electric boner kept it simple okay well, all right you want to read this book oh that's it you're that's, that's, what, that's the, the whole thing? all right okay. that's, that's all we get okay that's fine yeah let's read the book all right let's get into it it's the electric boner and it starts right now Ganesh, let's jump in. The first page of The Electric Boner. This is part one, chapter one of The Electric Boner by Nathaniel Lewis. Here we go. Here we go. Nick Sherman awoke. His mother was yelling from downstairs. Time to get up. As far as he could tell, he was already up. He reached down and gave it a gentle squeeze. Ooh. That's just his regular boner, okay? Nothing electric about this one. It was nice there in bed. It was soft and warm, and there was nothing unpleasant going on there, though he could smell scrambled eggs being cooked. He didn't like breakfast, and he especially didn't like having to get out of bed. Somebody's burning those eggs if you can smell them. Not everyone burns the food they make, Austin. But can you smell scrambled eggs? Unless there's yeah, other ingredients in you got it. Got a yeah. nose, dude. I feel like you know, if you're not making bacon, then what's the point? I think I'm starting to understand your situation now. <laughs> you can't. You can't smell. I, it's like it ain't cooking until it's a big black smoke billowing in my apartment. You're gonna be late. Ugh, that was another thing you didn't like going to school. Somehow it was all like scrambled eggs, sticky, gross, yellow, unimaginative. But you had to keep stuffing yourself with it because there was nothing else to do. 
Someday, probably, he would be able to do whatever he wanted. Whatever that turned out to be, after all, his mom had money. Something like $8 million. Wow, wow. All right. And she's down there making scrambled eggs. That's quite a bit of pocket change. These scrambled eggs are Fabergé. Oh, please. Get out of here. Know what I'm saying? Mute him from the call. That's a high caliber, high class joke for a gentleman. Growing somehow, somewhere in some kind of fun that Nick didn't understand at a rate much faster than she was spending it. The money came from a distant uncle who had invented something to do with those swiveling, adjustable height computer chairs. Nick didn't really know. All he knew was that one day he was going to be rich because if you had money and kept it, they gave you more money. And if you didn't have money... They made you pay even more for stuff. Cars that always need to be repaired, overdraft fees, payday loans, medical bills, from eating shitty food. Although Nick and his mother still lived frugally, at least they didn't have to deal with that kind of stuff anymore. Dang. When he's right, he's right, Uh, Mm. fellas. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. Yeah. Speaking truth to power. In the electric boner. And they didn't have to deal with the asshole anymore. He left a while back. Before the money, of course. Damn. That fact always made Nick smile. He made it out of bed into the bathroom and downstairs where he sat at the kitchen table, his plate already laid out for him. He looked at his eggs, shuffled them around with his fork. Might as well get it over with. He dug in and shoved them into his mouth. Damn, put some salt and pepper on those bad boys. Anything exciting going on today? Asked his mom, Fran. Dresher. Nah, said Nick, shoving in another mouthful. He thought of his bed up there, empty and waiting for him. Are you coming home after school? I don't know. Well, call if you don't. Yeah. One more bite and it would be done. He wouldn't have to eat breakfast again for a whole day. Wow. He got it down without chewing. This guy hates breakfast. Unrelatable. I love breakfast. I never really have it. Here's my thing. I don't like the time that breakfast happens. I'm not hungry then, but breakfast food is good. You're not even up then. That's true. You're goddamn right I'm not. I like to eat breakfast at 3 p.m. On the weekends, I make a big old breakfast. It's like almost dinner time, but it's good. Yeah, I like I like a good breakfast for dinner. I like a big uh, stack of pancakes at like 7 p.m. Whoa, I've never made a pancake. What? Like not the you know not one that wasn't frozen already for me in a little box. I've never made a fresh pancake myself. They sell frozen pancakes. Oh, get out! Who are you? Get out of here with dude. They sell frozen. You ever heard of the uh, Ego Company? Yeah, those are waffles. Yeah, they make pancakes too. Wow, weird. So you're telling me you make a big breakfast and then you go downstairs and you get a quesadilla and three tacos? (laughs) That's right. That's my day. Then I come back and I take a nap. Then I wake up and I get ready for dinner. You eat like a hobbit. I, you know, the funny thing is I, I've been, we've been really good about getting groceries and not eating out. That's the only restaurant I've been to in like a month is at one place. Three times. Anytime somebody's like, you want to get dinner? I'm like, yeah, how about the place at the very bottom of my building? Takes me 30 seconds to get there. Yeah, we should go this weekend. It's a good place. Yeah, I'll go. It's come really on. good, dude. Shane, and they're, on always, they're always playing like old classic basketball games. Yeah. If you want to watch LeBron James on the heat on a big Whoa. TV and eat it's a not, gigantic no, no. quesadilla. It's not a big TV. It's four small TVs that they have like pushed together to make one big TV. I like That's that. True. 
Yeah, That's how it on. should be. I'm sick of these 80 inch TVs. It should yeah. be a bunch of 20 inch TVs pushed <laughs> together. That's uh, the thing I l- hate most about big TVs is that they don't have big bars right in the middle, <laughs> up and down, left to right. I, I need do like that. A break. Yeah, come to my area. Come to Queens, and I'll show you a good time. And we'll have big quesadillas. They have a good margarita too. Mm-hmm. We had some of those. We indulged. It's a good time. Anyway. What's going on with the electric boner? He felt it slide into his stomach and sit there, a burden. Yeah. The boner? Do you need a ride? <laughs> Asked Fran. She could have bought him a car, no problem, but she didn't. It was annoying, but then what did he ever have done to deserve a car? Nah, said Nick. Hugh's picking me up. On cue, they heard a clattering outside as though someone had strung together 150 empty tin cans. Uh Uh-oh, here comes Hugh and his jalopy. It was dragging them across the street. That was Hugh in his 98 red Volkswagen Jetta. Yep, here he is now. Don't want to keep him waiting. Bye, honey. Have a great day. I love you. See ya, said Nick. Damn, this voice. Voice only a mother could love. He'll grow into it. Good morning, Nick, said Hugh. (laughs) That's Hugh. What a cast of characters in this one. Look at this. He said, pulling a joint from the compartment between oh, the seats. Hell yeah, we're toking up, baby, in the Jetta. Woo! Roll down the windows. You think it's got the it's got the hand crank. Do you know what this is? Yeah, that looks a lot like a joint. It's more than that. It's a fucking super joint. Silas's brother brought this shit back from California. It's got PCP <laughs> in it. We're about to touch the sun. Yeah, they're gonna get wet. Ah shit, said Nick. I can't. Hold on. I don't think you heard me, or I didn't hear you, one or the other. I've been saving this all night for you, all morning, too. I can't wait until you get a permission slip from your mom or whatever your problem is. About to smoke a joint before school? Before school? You got to do it during lunch. Oh, that seems bad, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you don't want to be in school. I didn't smoke a joint until I was 18 years old, all right? I was like a good boy. I went to school, and I didn't do a bad yeah. thing. <laughs> you got your A, Bs, and Cs? Maybe I did some bad. D's. If I was on joint, if I was on joints, <laughs> I would have been repeating the twelfth grade. Yeah, we never talk about uh, you guys' grades. How'd you do? That was okay. I was, I was a pretty good student in high school. I was. Uh, I got by on. This is gonna sound bad. I got by purely on like smarts. I didn't try at all, and I like yeah. paid the price almost a little bit. Like at the end of school, they were like, "You're not turning in assignments," and I was like, "Well." What are you going to do? <laughs> and they were like, well, you're not going to graduate. And I was like, shit. Okay. Let me write some papers. Tidy this thing up. Walk out with a C. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I did fine. College, different story. Didn't do well. I did well, I did well on my SATs. Not that that matters at all. And then I went to art school where that shit doesn't matter at all. Nobody asked what my grades were. C's get degrees, fellas. That's what they said. That's what they say to the football players and to the uh, 101 art students. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to play school. I'm here to paint. That was me. That was you, Mr. Literally Painting and Printmaking. My degree. Well, yeah, well, it was a good time. Yeah, I met you guys. That was worth the tuition. <laughs> Look at that. That's the sweetest thing I think you've ever said. And now we're gonna earn it. We're now gonna earn it back via Patreon. You went to college, you smoked a doobie. I smoked one big joint. I saw God, <laughs> made the worst art of my life, and then graduated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't do a bad thing. I seriously, though, I think I've told you this before. The first time I drank a beer, I was like 17 and I went downstairs and I got one 
Coors out of my dad's like garage refrigerator of beers and I took it back upstairs and I drank one beer and I watched blue collar comedy tour on Comedy oh, Central. No. And then after my one beer, the whole time I was drinking this beer, I was like, yeah, this tastes bad. Like, I was like, it was like really gross. And then at the end of it, I was like, I don't feel anything. This is bunk. And I like threw the can away and went to bed. And I, for a while, I was like, I don't get it. And then I realized you have to drink a lot of those. Can't just have one Coors. What a sad night. My dad wasn't stocking the heavy stuff. It was sad. I was, was that's just a, me in the suburbs, purely alone, just the drinking one beer. Did you feel like you were doing something bad? Uh, well, I had my door locked, so I knew I was safe. Um, <laughs> no, I would, you know, no. Listen, I had Cinemax in my bedroom. I was used to doing bad things alone, but this, <laughs> <laughs> this one beer, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. I guess I thought I've never drank before. Surely one beer will give me some kind of buzz and it didn't. So then I didn't, I didn't drink again until co- college or at least right after I graduated high school. It's hard to get a buzz if you have a big breakfast for dinner and then you get some quesadillas and tacos to go on top of it. That's true. I was, yeah, I was, on, <laughs> I was, I was heavy carbo loading those days <laughs> for four years straight in high school. And then, yeah, I didn't smoke weed till I met you guys. Ganesh sent us down that nasty path. Yeah. Uh, and now look at us. Yeah, it all worked out. It's fine. Now it's all legal. Now it's who cares? Everybody smokes weed. Grandma smokes weed. Yeah. It's not even cool anymore. I quit smoking weed because they're like, fuck it. Yeah, it's too mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's not mainstream? Sobriety, my friends. Let me tell you about it. Have you heard the good news? Let's stop there. Oh. Oh, yeah. Man, when's this guy going to get his big electric boner? Hopefully we catch that scene. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to come back and he's got his electric boner out fucking shooting sparks or whatever. I want to see when it happens. I want to see the origin story. You think it's sparks? You think it's a weapon? Oh, I don't know if it's used weaponized, but surely it sparks, right? I thought maybe he could like plug it into stuff or something. <laughs> yeah. His, uh, his car battery dies and he just yoinks it into his engine and he's off to the races. I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll find out when we come back and read the next section of the electric boner. This is the next section of the electric boner. Can you, did you skim around and find us the the origin of the electric boner, perhaps? Yeah, I'm not going to read it, though, because he's like jacking off in that scene. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, that's certainly beyond the bounds of what we usually read on this fine podcast. So good decision. This is part two, chapter 13. Sometime after. His... He's ja- he's, I'm sorry. He's jacking off and that's he found a puddle of green slime and was like, damn. You know what it's time for? He's all looped up, looped up on a joint, Austin. Okay. Damn, I smoked that. I smoked that big ass joint. And now I'm horny as hell around this big, sloppy pile of green mess. You know, he's got to even it out. And you know how you do that? Pop a couple snooters. Snooters. It's the fun drug. Take you out of the weed doldrums. Any side effects? Of snooters? Having a good time. Snooters. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's the other. They've they actually updated their slogan recently. It's. Formerly the fun drug. Now it's ain't nothing wrong with that. Snooters. Snooters. Would you recommend Snooters for a family gathering? Hell yeah. That's why they sell them in family size bags like Skittles. Take a handful. Give some to grandma. Play badminton. You're going to have a good time. What's the age requirement? Nine to 90. It's like one of those board games for everybody. (laughs) No age limit on having fun. Ain't nothing wrong with snooters. Snooters. You're going to want to stay away when you're 91, though. That's Uh uh, dangerous ground. Insta death in your night. The the heart can't take it no longer. What if you're too much fun? Uh huh. What if you're who? 
What if, what you're, if you're eight? If you're eight, you'll turn nine the second you pop one. That's how it works. It's like an age up. <laughs> well, okay. Side question. Safe for your friendly pets? or Yeah. No, they're pet safe. Okay. Give them to birds. Give them to turtles. Give them to gerbils. <laughs> Cats and dogs are no. But you're going to want to give them to reptiles, hedgehogs, guinea pigs, whatever you got lying around. That's all good. <laughs> Come in pellet form. Chapter 13. Horse? No, you, you are not going to want to give it to a horse, my friend. <laughs> You're in for the ride of your life. They got their own pills, I guess. The, the snooters for horses is actually a suppository. <laughs> it's huge. It's like a it football. It's big. It's like a dinner plate. You're going to want to get horse grease for that. Sorry. Okay. Chapter, Chapter 13. 13. Did you say horse grease? Horse grease. <laughs> okay. Grease it up. How are you thinking you get that thing in there? It's tough. It's tough work, but it pays off. What do you think they do before the the, uh, the preakness? <laughs> you think that's snoot? Yeah, that's all snoot, baby. Didn't you just <laughs> see uh, they busted one of those damn horses for being on illegal drugs? That was snooters. Yeah, uh, Carrot Top is banned from horse racing. <laughs> <laughs> Carrot Top OD'd on snooters. They don't even affect him anymore. Nick awoke and reached down like he always did, but stopped himself just in time. Maybe it had just been a nightmare. He didn't want to find out, not just then. And he had a feeling that it was as real as the snow piled on the skylight, blocking both the sky and the light. Sweet potato top. He... <laughs> Sorry. I was just betting to myself in my head if I could actually say that without messing up. I want that as my text notification. Sweet potato top. Just... <laughs> Out of nowhere. He heard the wind howling outside. I'm going to hear that in my sleep tonight. Bolt out of my bed straight up. Can we get that? Can we get Sweet Potato Top an echo? Sweet Potato Top. Sweet Potato Top. hear that on my deathbed. That'll be my death rattle. He heard the wind howling outside. That meant there was probably no school. Somehow the prospect left him feeling flat. For the first time he could remember, he was eager to get out of his bed, eager to go downstairs and see his mother. So he's already got the electric boner at this point. That's right. Okay, thank you. He waddled down the hallway and into the bathroom. He pissed and his boner retreated. Ooh. He had to do it. He had to find out. He grabbed his soft dick between his thumb and forefinger and gave it a shake. Uh -huh. Nothing happened. Well, that was good anyway. It was something. Maybe everything was back to normal. Fran was in the kitchen making pancakes. She turned and smiled when he came in. School's canceled, she said. Yeah, I figured. How are we feeling this morning? All right, he lied. It was comforting, though, seeing her there, the same as always. Are you sure? You were pretty sick last night. You weren't drinking, were you? No, Mom. Pancakes? All right. It's like when Peter Parker is, like, uh, buff and not wearing his glasses anymore mm -hmm. you seem different what happened to you last night because i got a good night's sleep <laughs> you gained 60 pounds of muscle what happened to you cue flashbacks of him jacking off onto a green puddle <laughs> 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 oh my god my dirty secret aunt may can never know she slid three huge ones onto a plate and set it down on the island there was no way he could eat all that he took him into the living room and turned on the tv it was on a local station, the morning news. He was about to change it when he saw an image on the screen of the guy who had chased him away from the green toxic shit yesterday. He turned it up. 
was found in his lab last night, gruesomely murdered. Police suspect this woman, 23-year-old Sarah Wilkins, of being involved. The guy's picture was replaced by a picture of a beautiful young woman, healthy and smiling. Uh-oh. Nick felt something stir in his pants and shoved half of a pancake into his mouth. <laughs> oh, my. That'll keep it down. Wilkins was an intern for Huskfield and is reported by a witness that he had called her name just seconds before he was brutally slaughtered. The search for Wilkins was cut short early this morning as the unexpected blizzard swept in and made it impossible to continue. Police are cautioning people to stay at home until the storm passes, but are asking for any information that might lead them to Sarah Wilkins. If you have such information, please call the number listed on the screen. Damn, what happened last night? I want to know. Can you just little prude didn't want to read it? This man got his electric boner and somebody died. Was he involved? They kept showing that damn picture of the girl. His dick was straining against his jeans. He thought it was going to break the zipper. Oh He'd never God. been more anxious for breakfast in his life. Damn, you can't touch the zipper with that thing. It's like the third rail. Something's going to pop down there. He kept shoving it in. He felt it filling his stomach, making him sluggish. But his dick was at full alert. Hey, hey, hey. They finally went to the weatherman, but it was too late. That's quite a stack of pancakes. The girl's image was seared into his brain, floating around the center of it, making its way down through him, past the mass of pancakes, and into what felt at the moment like the very center of his being. Finally, he couldn't take it anymore. He walked back into the kitchen and slid the empty plate across the island. Thanks, Mom. That was great. You know what? I think I'm going to get a head start on this report I have due next week. His mother raised an eyebrow. Are you sure everything's okay, honey? Sure. Jesus, can't a guy even do his homework without <laughs> getting the third degree? <laughs> Jesus, Mom. Can't you see? I got problems. I got to get out of here. I was beginning to think they didn't even give you homework anymore. Nick hurried up to his room and flopped on to the bed. He unzipped his pants, kicked them off, then threw wow. down his shorts. Damn, he took pants full off. All right. And he lay there looking at it. He's ready to rock and roll. Thing had always been a mixed blessing at best. It had always seemed somehow like it wasn't part of him. But at the same time, it was very much a part of him. Sometimes it seemed like a ridiculous piece of meat hanging there as a joke. <laughs> Sometimes it seemed like it was all there. This guy's got an unhealthy relationship with his penis, if that's how he's thinking of it. And sometimes it seemed like it was all there was in the world. Now it seemed that way, and it was awful. He was afraid to touch it. But it was a worse boner than anyone he'd ever had. <laughs> that's sentence heaven. This is the worst boner that anybody's ever had. He reached slowly down with just his in index finger and brushed it lightly. Then everything was white, pure white. For half a second, he couldn't feel anything, and then he felt it. He felt the pain stab through his body in a sudden burst, and he started tingling all over. Oh, my he had God. He bite down on his pillow to keep from screaming. Damn, he's turned to Electro. When he opened his eyes again. Electrode. Hey, now. Could be. We haven't gotten any physical description of this thing. <laughs> when he opened his eyes again, it was soft. The image of the girl had been sort of whitewashed out of his brain. From the blankness emerged an image of the guy whom they had seen yesterday, this Huskfield guy. Oh, what a curse. His new electric boner makes it so every time he touches it, he just thinks of the guy that was chasing him. Gruesomely murdered. What the fuck was going on? We'll stop there. Oh, so we got a mystery on our hands. Seems like a little bit of a curse. I thought the electric boner would be cool to have, but no. Yeah, you thought, you thought it was going to be like a lightsaber, huh? 
Yeah. I thought it was going to be like a lightsaber. I thought it was going to be like a lightning rod. He could summon electricity like fucking Storm and X-Men. He could call down Zeus with it. Hell, he could kill Zeus with that thing. He's the new god. I don't know what I thought. My mind was running wild, but this isn't what I expected. Okay, so I got to recalibrate. All right, let's jump ahead. Let's see where this thing takes us. We'll be right back with more of The Electric Boner. Okay, we're back with more of the electric boner. Ganesh, let let it rip. This is chapter forty-five. What the fuck? Where this is halfway through the book? Damn, we're gonna hit a hundred chapters on this thing, or ninety, or fifty. Who knows how far Ganesh has uh, <laughs> lately been? Just <laughs> who knows where he is? The percentages made it much easier. Chapter forty-five. Nick stretched out on his bed and looked at the clock. Six fifteen. Hugh would be there in 45 minutes to pick him up for the party. Lucy would be there. She had called him to make sure he was coming. He had to go. He had to talk to her. He had to impress her somehow. Damn, he's got a crush, huh? He looked at the pillow by his feet with a hole seared through its center. He could show her that. Look what I did. <laughs> Check it out. This is from my dick. So he should like get like a, uh, what's a non-conductive material? Rubber. He should get like a... <laughs> A hey. big rubber thing and just wrap it all around his leg. His leg. I mean, condoms are rubber. That could that could work. Seems easy, actually. This guy might just have a future yet with his electric boner. He liked it there, lying in bed, staring up at the ceiling. He always had. He liked his mind, liked letting things pass through it. It was better than television. Wrong. Better than reading a book. I'm sorry, did you just say wrong? You're coming real pro TV on this. Yeah. You're like, you're sticking up for TV right now. He likes yeah. TV. Man likes to watch. Likes to turn off his brain and watch the colors pass by. Uh-huh. I'm not picking sides here. I'm just saying. Shane's a book guy. He likes to read. No. Clearly, no. I listen. <laughs> we are listeners. It's nice. Nice to have somebody read to me. He liked to think about himself, to examine what sort of thing he was, to examine what sort of things other people were, to wonder about something that had happened during the day, to try to imagine what other people thought about the same occurrence. It was good to work towards the truth. When he was little, say six, he used to think about how everybody in the world was going to die thought about his mom dying and it made him sad and afraid. He thought about himself dying and it made him afraid. That's the kind of stuff I was thinking about after I smoked that big joint. When I was a kid, I was always afraid of Robin Williams dying. Well, your worst fears came true, buddy, and you made it. You're doing just fine. I remember thinking the world's going to be way different when that when I see his obituary. Because I used to read the celebrity obituaries every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Back in the 90s? Yeah. The celebrity obituaries every Sunday. Shane's Sunday ritual. <laughs> The celebrity obits. Damn, skip over all the regular people, huh? That's just what they published. He he didn't know them. He didn't know the regular people, but he knew Princess Diana. It was certain that everybody else would die, but him? How could that be possible? How could he stop seeing things and hearing things and smelling them and touching them and thinking about them? 
He didn't believe in heaven like some of his other friends. He believed that death was nothingness. I believe only in hell. That things <laughs> simply stopped. And he knew that he was being ridiculous, but he still somehow felt that he was the exception. He used to think about going on living when everybody else was dead. And he felt like crying, but he didn't cry. He knew that his mother wouldn't want him to be sad, even though she would be dead. It was somehow important what she would have wanted. Talk more about the boner. What's going on down there? And thinking about that, he felt brave. Being brave meant being afraid. How many volts do you think he's got down there? You know, an electric eel can produce enough electricity to kill a horse. Yeah, well, I bet this guy's electric boner can too. That's the standard I'm holding him to. Horse death? Who knows that? Does somebody kill the horse with an electric eel? I don't know. I read that at the Baltimore Aquarium when I was a kid, and it really stuck with me. <laughs> I, should give wow, you this, like, I should give you this book about eels that I have, Kish, if you like eels so much. I like eels, dude. I think eels are crazy. I think it's crazy that this thing can be electric and just be in a fucking place that conducts electricity. I'm going to bring you this book to you the next time I see you. You got an eel book? Yeah, the book of eels. It's called the book of eels. Yeah, it's good. Wow. All right. And this little fun fact. Didn't know about either one of you. You like eels, both of you. Well, I could go on. This could be a, its own episode. Oh, Did you know that no one knows where eels like come from? Does anybody know where anything comes from? What does that mean? What an esoteric thing like to say. Where, they're, where they mate and where oh, they're born. Like we've never seen it. eels have sex? No. So basically, Damn. eels can live like forever, which is crazy. And they all, they used to think there was a bunch of different types of eels. Turns out they're all the same eel. They just go through different life cycles, like oh metamorphoses. God. So there's just like a handful of eels that have been alive forever and nobody knows where they came from. Well, they all eventually like start to head back through land and rivers to go to the Atlantic Ocean and then they don't know where they go. And you're telling me this magical animal that nobody knows where they come from or where they go, much like Cotton Eye Joe. We take them out of the ocean and eat them. Yeah. How disrespectful to God or whatever. Well, they used to think that they were like mythical beasts because they could never find like Plato and all these guys could never find reproductive organs. But it turns Damn, out Plato was down there with a little magnifying glass looking for little teeny tiny dicks and vaginas on these not things. Just Plato. Like, I'm, I'm stumped. It's stumped. It stumped all the big minds in history. Even Freud. Oh, so- Freud studied. Freud. Every every one of the great minds had their eyes peeled for the eel's genitalia. Yeah. This is what the book gets into. It's pretty cool stuff. Honestly, Ganesh, when you're done with that book, cross the parking lot. Let me take a crack <laughs> at it. <laughs> I'm going to bring it over to Taqueria El Patron and share it with my buddy. Oh, we could read it together, dude. <laughs> it's a short read. It really All is. All right. Maybe we should read it on the show. Why are we talking about it? We got a damn podcast where we read books. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll give right. Ganesh and they can read it on the show. Scrap the electric boner. Let's read eels. In some ways, an eel is an electric boner. Yeah. They it's look like little boners. It's nature's electric boner. And much like this, I don't know where boners come from or where they go either. That's another mystery. How can it be there and then not be there? The book is crazy. You know, Freud went to Italy to study these eels because he wanted to be fuck? some bio, like a famous are biologist. You, are you full of it? And is he this was, real? You no, know, this is real. And he was so dejected by not finding its sex organs that he eventually became the father of like modern psychology dealing with sex stuff. Damn. He was like, man, why am I doing this? He's like, it was my relationship <laughs> with my mother that drove me to look for eel penises. It's a good book. 
I'd like to hear it from Ganesha's mouth. Sorry to, uh, we can, let's stop there. This section. Yeah, let's stop there. What? The whole section? Damn. You got yield. All right. Boy, oh boy. I'm excited for that episode whenever that happens. Okay. Well, we'll come back in a minute after we're done processing all that information Shane just gave us. And we'll read more of the electric boner. Okay, we're back. We've uh, learned to live with all the eel information that Shane provided us, and now we're ready to get our heads back in the electric boner game. Ganesh, what do you uh, what do you have for us here? Fran ordered a Pinot Grigio. Lisa ordered the same. So, said Lisa, what's new? Uh, I'm worried about Nick, said Fran. You're always worried about Nick. You've always been. That's not new at all. Though after what the boys saw today... It's not that, said Fran. There's a change going on with him. I I don't know what it is. Let me guess. He's sick all the time, asking for you to pick up some more Kleenex? Fran laughed. No, that started a few years ago. No, no, no. He's ejaculating white hot flames. (laughs) Does the boy have a girlfriend? Uh, Not that I know of. The boy needs a girlfriend, someone to keep him on his toes, that's all. I've done just fine without a man around, said Fran. I know you have, dear. God bless you. You're the envy of the entire PTA. Lisa lifted her glass. That deserves a toast. Fran clinked glasses and they both had a drink. What about you, Lisa? It seems like a lifetime ago since we did this. Had a drink. Oh, nothing new with me, said Lisa. Frank falls asleep on the couch a little earlier every night. Hugh has had a different girlfriend every week. Damn, Hugh. Other than that, Hugh's got the green, you know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. That's right. He's got a big joint for every girl in town. Other than that, I think things kind of stay the same. And that's good. I like it like that. I've had my fun. And I think that deserves a toast, says Fran. They clinked glasses again. Then a woman walked up to him. Excuse me. She said, I don't mean to intrude. No, that's a lie. son masturbate a lot? Any chance he found a green puddle? I'm Felicia Jones, reporter for the National Star. I'm off the clock, I swear it. But you're Lisa Macmillan, aren't you? Lisa looked at her. What's the meaning of this? Yes, I remember you. You were there this afternoon. What more can I say to you? Felicia smiled. It's like I said, I'm just a stranger in this town of yours here for the night, feeling a little bored. Would it bother you if I had a glass with you? Don't talk to me like that. Get out of here. I don't know you. I'm here with my friend and we're cheersing each other. Yeah, we're clinking glasses and you come over here interrupting the clink? Faux pas. (laughs) Good day, ma'am. Go back to St. Louis. Takes a lot of courage to walk up to two total strangers and ask them to sit down with them. You pack your bags and head back up the Mississippi to St. Louis. Get the hell out of here. I'm Fran. Nice to meet you, said Felicia, taking a seat. You'll excuse me for saying so, but this is a strange town you live in. Yeah, tell me about it. My son's got electric boners. Yeah, we got puddles and they're weird. (laughs) And we don't know what's in them, okay? But I'm a millionaire and this is my friend and we're (laughs) cheers. We're having a good old time. All right, just talking about our sons. Well, it's just so quiet. 
I walked here from my hotel and I didn't hear a sound except for the occasional distant passing car. Listen, we may not be a big city like St. Louis, but we don't need you coming in here telling us how to live our lives. All right. Telling us humble millionaires how to sit with one other person. I may not be a big time St. Louis billionaire like you're used to, (laughs) but I'm a small town millionaire and I need you to respect my lifestyle. Single digit millionaire, okay? All right. One millionaire with a lowercase m. In Washington, D.C., the noise never stops. It's a constant hum. She's from D.C. Sometimes <laughs> loud, sometimes dim. I guess St. Louis, and I was like, it's 90% chance it's going to be St. Louis. <laughs> I could have sworn you, I, you know, I just trusted you completely. I thought you heard St. Louis somewhere. I went along with it. That just seems like a St. Louis energy <laughs> to just butt in. It'd be funny if Fran was just like, you can't get on back to St. Louis. She's like, I'm from... DC. I don't know where you heard that, but from the like DC metro area. <laughs> what is DC a suburb of St. Louis? <laughs> I may not be a geographer, ma'am, but I know when an elite is around. Clink. <laughs> they clink to it. <laughs> clink, clink. They're cheers. I'll cheers to that, says her friend. Clink. We're just two Kansas City millionaires. <laughs> Go back to your Yankee St. Louis. Kansas City. Kansas. <laughs> I don't mingle with Kansas City, Missouri. I think this is the first time I've heard actual silence in years. That's just the way we like it, said Fran. But it hasn't been so quiet the last couple days, has it? Lisa turned to face Felicia. Hey, I thought you were off the clock. Felicia laughed. Ah, <laughs> uh, hey, I'm just making conversation. I was we're just th- at the... Uh... <laughs> we're through the grapevine as there's been some loud thunderclaps and lightning bolts coming out of your son's bedroom window. I was just at the other bar there. Finnegan's. That's all they were talking about. And yet, here you are. It happened right across the street from you with your son right in the middle of it. And you're acting like nothing even happened. Lisa turned back to the bar. What happened? Something that's not our business. Right, Fran? Tell her what our business is. Clink. Fran laughed. Right now, it's trying to make the most out of two glasses of cheap, stale wine. I'll cheers to that. (laughs) Clank. Ah, the millionaire's choice. Stale wine. Don't you think there's something more to the story than what the <laughs> police are saying? Look, lady. This wine's 50 years old. Stale. That's bad stuff. <laughs> so they call it. We got some real stale stuff down in the cellar. <laughs> stale. <laughs> Look, lady. I think our friendship is at the end of the line. Time to get off. You can't blame a girl for trying. Of course I can, said Lisa. Felicia's phone rang. She looked at it and picked it up. Felicia Jones, National Star. Officer Dovlosky, what? (laughs) What did you say? Listen, is this some kind of joke? All right, I get it. You people want me out of your town. You don't take kindly to strangers. I'll be on the first train back to St. Louis in the morning. Don't you worry about it. I'm gone tomorrow. I'm gone tomorrow. Clank. What? No. You want to make a fool of me? Goodbye, Officer Dovlosky. Damn. What a scene. I could see that in uh, on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very theatrical. She hung up. Uh, what was that? Asked Fran. Oh, oh nothing. You it was, can take it was your... my mother back in St. Louis. Don't mind my phone conversation. It was my mother, Officer Vozlonsky. Listen, she likes when I call her Officer Vozlonsky. <laughs> It's a family joke, all right? Don't ask any more questions. It's a St. Louis thing. You wouldn't get it. Some people say mother. Some people say mama. I say officers of Volonsky. <laughs> oh, you can take your town and shove it for all I care. Clank. Was that 
Mikhail Dovlosky? Asked Lisa. What did he say? Oh, now you're interested in the news. What did he say? Only that there were a hundred zombies loose, half of them headed in a beeline for the town, and that I should alert the press. Some joke. Huh. I bet that's real. Yeah, I bet that's real. Sounds real to me. Kansas City problems. Mm-mm. Do you think a guy like Mikhail Zerbonsky could joke at a time like this? He's a fuck around. Uh-uh, he's all business. Meat and potatoes, that's what they call him around town. It's not a joke, said Lisa. The poor man's out of his head with grief. Fran finished off her glass of wine. Why are we avoiding the truth? She I'll asked. I'll take another one, Barky. The older, the better. The staler, the better, please. <laughs> Sweet potato top. Sweet potato <laughs> What's that? Said Lisa. <laughs> the truth is... Officer Dovlosky cut off his wife's head today while your son watched while Officer Henderson was thrown out of a window and killed while that woman lay out in the snow with her eye poked out. (laughs) (laughs) What? I've had a few too many wines tonight. Let's stop there. Oh, my word. What a scene. Drama. Bringing that that St. Louis drama to Kansas City, Kansas. Mm. They mix in oil and water. Okay, let's jump ahead to the next part of uh, the electric boner, please. back in now to another page how do you read these i never see you holding anything he's just making the shit up off the top of his head <laughs> that's what i think yeah that is true back when we recorded these in person you had like a little kindle that you would mm-hmm. thumb through but now you're just like staring off at the wall i don't even know <laughs> yeah. what are you, how are you? we've done this for two years almost remote and i have not seen you hold a fucking thing in your hand is it just yeah what's happening is it on the screen in front of you Two is it that hard to believe that the whole thing is improv yeah <laughs> yes i know is. you and this ain't you can't improv all this you're right no it's on the computer screen i got oh. i got the the chat on one side i got all y'all's faces on one side and then i got the book on the other all right fair enough wow that's kind of rude because i have your faces front and center you're literally in the center of my screen full screen Yes, you got a job to do, and my job is to look at you. I got it. you in a in a teeny tiny window. Great, oh, wow, teeny tiny insult to injury. It's fine. When when we did this in person, you never looked at me. You never yeah, looked at me. He didn't make eye contact with either of us because he doesn't respect us. He'd look at you when you were doing bad, though. When you were doing yeah, bad, we're into it. He looks at me. He puts he like rubs my nose in it like a dog in a dirty poop. <laughs> look what you did. I learned my management skills from Cesar Milan. Oh, what an accessible joke. Okay, let's uh, let's just go into this. Electric boner. Nick awoke, and he thought through the fogginess that something was missing. He reached down reflexively and felt that his dick was soft. He always woke up with a boner. Something was wrong. Oh, my God. He opened his eyes, and there was his mother's face. You're oh. awake. Oh. She said softly, he's awake. Someone said, was that, was it possible? Is Lucy here? Oh dear, how embarrassing. Waking up, touching your junk with mom and your crush in the bedroom with you. Then it came flooding back to him the entire night. At first, a glorious night. 
almost unbelievable. And then the horror. What happened? Then for a brief moment, a glory, more glorious than anything he had ever known. And then. Tell us what happened. A failure. I don't need any more details. Oh, okay. Glory, glory, something bad, glory. <laughs> the whole book is just him being like, I had a great time and then a bad time and then I had a really good time and then a terrible time. The end. He had gotten Hugh's mom killed. Oh, oh well, that's that's bad. The lady who was just clanking glasses at Clank. the bar. Yeah. Damn. A little too much wine. He leaned his head over the edge of the bed and vomited. He sat up and looked around. Where's Mandy? He said. Where? Where's Hugh? He felt weak. He laid his head back on the pillow, which was the shittiest pillow he'd ever felt. Oh, he closed <laughs> his eyes again. Because anything worse than getting your best friend's mom killed, it's a flat pillow. I don't know, said Fran. We all came here together, and then they took us here and took them somewhere else. Are you okay, Nick? Asked Lucy. But Nick hardly heard her. Hugh, no, oh, please let you be okay. It all started. He was drifting off again, but it, all, it came vividly back to him as if it were happening the first time he met Hugh. He was at Janie's dinner. He was in the fourth grade sitting at the bar waiting for his mother who was going to the bathroom. Do you think, I mean, do you think it says diner? It says dinner. <laughs> it's a big dinner. Could they have met diner? Sure. If there's malts involved, it might be a diner. She had just... <laughs> a full four-year-old at the bar. Give me a malt. You got it, kid. She had just told him the good news that they were rich over a Saturday brunch. He'd gotten a BLT. I just got $8 million. What do you think about that, kid? He didn't like breakfast, but he liked to eat a little later. Once he'd woken up and gathered some energy, finally, and Ooh. then he started to burn some of it off. Where have I heard this before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is my life story. You like a BLT? Yes or no? Of course. Yeah, dude. Okay, good. If anyone said no, then I'd probably hang up the call. BLT <laughs> is a top tier sandwich. It's pretty good. I like mayonnaise on mine. Well, yeah, duh. Lots of it. We grow tomatoes every year, and then we make BLTs with the tomatoes. Are you speaking? Is this you? <laughs> this is me, dude. <laughs> oh, okay. That's just my life. I was like, what? This guy's boner? <laughs> you grow tomatoes? Where? <laughs> On the balcony. You came over and saw them last year. Now you all remember? I saw little tomatoes. I didn't remember any big old plump tomatoes that I would think of BLT tomatoes, but. We grew a type of tomato last year called the Lemon Boy. It's a fat yellow tomato. Oh. Easy how you're talking about is tomatoes, okay? <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I mean, no offense by this, but your tomatoes look small to me. Don't call my tomatoes small. All right? They look tiny, the perhaps even size. I, some may even say shriveled. They were still growing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. That's what they all say. I saw your peppers. You had peppers. Peppers were looking good. All right. I don't remember you eating BLTs like that, but, you know, I guess maybe you didn't share that information with us. Anyway, I want a BLT. Can you? Are you growing tomatoes again this year? Yeah, we're gonna get some different kinds though. Not lemon. Boy. I just you're you know we did we respected you by not clowning you for saying you were eating plump yellow tomatoes called lemon boys, but I decided to go back to it and talk about it. What? Where do you find those at? Uh, we got them. Is from... that a regular tomato? If I went to the store and said, "Do you guys have lemon boys?" Would they know what I was talking about? I'm pretty sure we got them at fucking Home Depot, like the seeds. I think oh. they might bring you downstairs. <laughs> you have to come to the adults only section for lemon boys. You got these in the back. Uh, but yeah, they're good tomatoes. Well, you know, invite me over for a nice little lemon boy BLT this summer and I'll come. All right. I'll bring a watermelon. I'll bring something. You'll bring a big joint. 
I don't think I've I've ever rolled a joint. I haven't either. All colossal that's failures. All, that's all Ganesh. Ganesh is the roller. I got good hands. Mm, little little tiny teeny tiny uh, fingers with good dexterity. Mm-hmm. That's what you got. A ballerina's fingers, like a little Barbie <laughs> hand. I have a Ken's doll's hand. Just one <laughs> slab of connected fingers. I have a hand like those novelty Hulk fists that they sell at Target. <laughs> I'm all thumbs. Their food was good and bacon best of all. Golden fries, nice and crispy with a smear of ketchup. Going out to eat was such a rare treat for the two of them ever since the asshole had left. There was never enough money to go out. There was never enough money for anything. They could learn the importance of money very early on. That's how you learn how important money is, by not having any. But this day, there had been enough money to go out. And once they were finished with their meal, Fran told him that they now had enough money to go out whenever they wanted for the rest of their lives. Nick sat there stuffed and happy. Fran was crying. Nick had seen her cry before, but never like that. Never when she was smiling like that. Then she'd gone to the bathroom and... All of a sudden, he'd heard a voice next to him. I just think it's funny to tell your son you're millionaires and then laugh and then go take a huge shit. <laughs> we, got a, we got a million dollars, son. Anyway, whew, I'll be right back. We're going to blow this place out. <laughs> she goes to the bathroom. It doesn't flush. She just leaves a hundred on the seat. You'll take care of this, right? I'm I rich. Ever, I ever tell the story where I went, uh, I was out having a day out on the town with my friend, uh, mm-hmm. our friend. That mm. you can bleep his name out here. If it's a poop story, I figured it's. And we, <laughs> we were at a, a chicken restaurant. We stopped in and get some lunch. What's the name? What's the name of the restaurant? Uh, I believe it was a Popeye's. Oh, that adds a little <laughs> flavor to the story. All right. So we eat. He eats really fast. I'm like halfway through my meal. He's like, <laughs> he looks at me. He's like, I got to go to the bathroom. I was like, all right. <laughs> he goes back. And like, no joke, like 25 minutes go by. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I was like not eating because I was trying to be like were you polite. Fin- Yo, you were waiting for him to come And back. then I was like, I guess I'll eat some. So I was like eating. I was like looking at my phone or whatever. And he comes back out and he's like, he's like we got to leave. Like, <laughs> he's like, like right now. And I was like, what? And he's like, we got to get out of here. And so I like just threw my stuff away and I, we left. As we're leaving, like. <laughs> You could smell it in the whole restaurant. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and the Damn. workers behind the counter were, like, really unhappy. They were, like, doing the stink motion and stuff. And It was clear who did it, too. <laughs> the man who just ran out and was like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we left and uh, never went back. That's eco-terrorism. I was just like, is this a thing that happens? This is, like, what people do. He you acted like there, it was you, normal. You, you sat there not eating your food, waiting for him, and then were forced to throw it all away yeah. in a mad dash out of the restaurant because he just, I would, did he, what did he, did he ever explain what happened? Or was it like, okay, that's a funny story and I've heard it before, but I've never asked what happened in the immediate aftermath. Was there any explanation at all? Or did you just go about the rest of your day pretending like you did not just run away from a Popeye's chicken? We were in like a shopping uh, center, like a strip mall or whatever. Did and he explain so himself? We get, him, we get in my car and I like, Get in reverse, and then we drove a mere three hundred feet away and parked and went into another store <laughs> to another Popeyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, finish what we started. But he never. After the we have to leave, 
never said a <laughs> he was never I, I would feel i would feel i i had some responsibility to let you know what just happened but I, I he knew just straight happened. stone cold i mean but like I so he overflowed it. he I overflowed smelled, it i smelled it i think he was i think it was just the smell alone it was just the smell or because i feel like when you leave like that it's because i hit flush and it went up instead of down that's a you gotta run i didn't time. ask i didn't ask i, I would was, have i would have been like you gotta tell me what happened back there you're party to this your face is up there on the wall too don't come back. Don't let, don't serve these boys. They can't handle the chicken. I don't even know if I could handle the chicken because I never got to finish. <laughs> he politely sat there not eating while your friend was just absolutely wrecking the Popeye's bathroom. I wasn't in a rush, but then we were rushed. Oh, you think Fran's doing that right now? Oh, yeah. She comes back out, but she's in no rush. She's got eight million reasons not to be in a rush. Sorry, guys. Close down for the day. Here's a couple thou. Let's stop there. Okay. <laughs> it's always nice to stop minutes after we've read the last word. All right. Well, we got one more section left. It's the last page to the never ending episode. All right. The last page is coming up. Buck your seatbelts. Have I told that story on here? I don't think so. You've told it to me in real life before. And it's always funny to hear about that. <laughs> just because of him specifically, like just imagine him. That's something he would do. It's great. And then, yeah. And I just imagine your face. As you're being led away. I was confused. Yeah, for sure. And no, I, I smelled it and I was like, oh my. Uh-oh. You look back through the window <laughs> and all the workers are dropping like flies. <laughs> all right, let's jump ahead now to the last page of the electric boner. Sounds like he's got some blood on his hands. I didn't realize the electric boner was going to turn so dark. We'll be back. Here we are in the end, the last page of the electric boner. What's up? You fell to the ground as Claire disintegrated into ash. What? This boner's out of control, buddy. Put that thing back in your pants. They were all on the ground now. Fran was still tied up in the rope, still wiggling around. What? Fran? Lucy was still laying half conscious after her bursts of light from before. What? Nick was collapsed unconscious, but still breathing next to a pile of ashes. Dovlosky was on the ground staring up at the ceiling. Oh, what's he looking at? Blood gushing from his neck. Oh, Oh, he's dead. Oh, bye-bye, Dovlosky. We hardly knew you. Bye, Mama. Hugh yanked up his (laughs) pants and crawled over to him. Doovie, (laughs) he said. We did it. Dovlosky opened his mouth, but only blood came out. He was dying (laughs) fast. I don't know if we did it. That's not something you say to somebody who's got blood gushing out of their mouth. We did it. Wait, so Hugh's pants were down too? Does he have a a thingy? He must have also gotten the electric boner or something. Electric taint. I don't know what he's got going on down there. <laughs> I don't know what he did to that puddle. He's got the nuclear hole. <laughs> the only thing that can combat the electric boner. Mikhail, said Hugh. Say hi to Marie for me, okay? Lucky I didn't get to her first, buddy. Dovlosky smiled and reached over and grabbed Hugh's shoulder. Then the hand relaxed and Dovlosky was gone. Damn, bye, Dovlosky. Hugh felt the tears forming in his eyes. There was no use fighting them, not now. Then he, they poured down his face. Hugh kissed Mikhail Dovlosky on the forehead and then crawled over to Nick. <laughs> Come on, buddy, <laughs> he said. It's a real serious ending. How sad. Wake up. I wasn't that bad, was I? Is he? He's alive, Lucy. How are you, Fran? How are you? Alive, said Lucy. Yes, said Fran. How are you? Oh, just great. 
Hugh tried to get to his feet but couldn't. Don't suppose either of you gals have a joint on you, he no, said. Oh, come on, Hugh. This guy's always in the mood to smoke. Officer Javlosky, said Fran. He saved us all, said Hugh. He was a good shit. He wiped his face dry and tried to stand up again. This time, he made it to his knees. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'd be just as happy to get the fuck out of here. He made one final <laughs> monumental effort, and then he was up. Well said, Hugh. He braced himself against the reception desk, then remembered something he saw there earlier, when he'd been looking for the keys. He walked around to the other side, and there on the floor where he'd thrown the contents of the drawer was a pocket knife. He recalled it from somewhere. SJ was etched into its side. He grabbed it, walked over to Fran, and with a trembling hand, flipped it open and started to cut her loose. She emerged from the ropes, got to her feet, and ran over to her son. Hugh fell back down to the ground. He looked at the knife again. Yes, it was the same one that scientist lady had attacked him with. Damn. It seemed like six years ago that that had happened. Sarah Johnston was her name. Hugh wondered if anyone would miss her. Hugh would miss her. I never even heard of her till right now. He lifted his head. Lucy had made it over to Nick now, too. He'd be all right. Hugh dropped his head back onto the floor and looked up at the ceiling. There were splatters of blood on it, some red, some black. His mother was dead. Golly. Collateral damage. Everybody's mother had to die someday. Everybody had to die someday. Didn't matter if you were good or bad. But then, maybe it did. Yes, thought Hugh. That's all that matters. And that's the end of the electric boner. Wow. Whoa. Sounds like a war happened. I was one of those ones where I don't know what happened at all. But I did learn a lot about eels and about how to clear out a Popeyes and about what uh, Ganesh likes to eat for dinner. And that's that's enough for me. It sounds like this electric boner got out of control. That's well, all I'm saying. Could you blame it? You're not gonna want one of these. If you see a green puddle, steer clear. Wow, what a what a book. Are there more? Is this like a series? Let me see. Is this author of anything else going on? This is his only book. Damn. This is the one. Damn. He's working on the next one probably. This one came out four years ago, so the next one better be really good. He's had a lot of time. Damn, the electric boner. Like Kendrick Lamar taking his time. Yeah, he only releases legendary pieces of art. The electric boner was a strong start. This, that was his good kid, Mad City. The next one's going to be real critically acclaimed. Well, shit. All right. Hey, that's uh, it. That's the electric boner. Take your leave it. Thanks to Chris Linkus for our artwork. Thanks to Morris Reese for our music. Thanks to you for listening. You can find us at letstopthere.com. Hit us up on social media. We're all over the internet, I guess. You know, here and there. Here, here, tell there might be a revival of our TikToks sometime in the near future. I don't know. Got some irons in the fire. Let's see how that goes. Oh, give us a call. 567-309-0357. If you leave us a voicemail, we'll read it on the dang podcast. We'll read it. We'll listen to it. Or read it. Whatever you prefer. What else? Is that it? Are we done here? Got anything else? Oh, go like our podcast and rate it. Go leave reviews if you like it. If you don't like it, well, no press. Uh, good, uh, bad press is still... Pre- what do they say? Just, you know, don't rate it. Okay, don't say anything if you don't like it. Just shut up. That's the end of the show. That's the end. We'll catch you next time. Have a good week. Goodbye. <laughs>